This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. back everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king it is georgia week the deep south's oldest rivalry the 127th i believe unless i'm super incorrect there edition of the deep south's oldest rivalry auburn is traveling to georgia a place of course they haven't won at since 2005 it's the first road game of the season for auburn and it just so happens to be against the number two team in the country. And of course, it's coming on the heels of Auburn blowing a 17-point lead at home against LSU. This uh, this is, of course, our roundtable edition of the show for the first big rivalry game of the season for Auburn. Got Jason Caldwell, Mark Murphy, and Philip Marshall here. And uh, Philip, you wrote about it this week, about where this uh, where this thing really turned around because this, was, uh, this has not been a very kind series to Auburn. You can... You can point back um, at that 2017 game where they put the whooping on them, and uh, and, and Gus Malzahn, of course, was very happy about it after the game and uh, and had that that famous soundbite about it. But ever since then, it's been completely dominated by Georgia. But that's not really when this thing started to start to turn around. It's been the better part of two decades that the Georgia's had a stranglehold on this series. Yeah, you know, it's uh, up until the end. There were a lot of really kind of cool things about the series. The visit, both Auburn had a winning record in Athens, and Georgia had a winning record in Auburn. Uh, most of the games were close, uh, very intense. I think that's still true, but uh, the intense part. But uh, uh, but in two thousand and six, Auburn had one loss and was ranked either four or five. And Georgia had lost to Vanderbilt, lost to Kentucky. They had four losses. They weren't very good. It was, uh, and they came to Auburn and just trashed them. It was, it was 30, what, 37 or 38, 37 to 15. And, and Georgia ran out of the clock at the Auburn two yard line at the end of the game. So, uh, uh, and since then it just hasn't been the same, man. Uh, it's hard for me to put my finger on why part of it is the games at Auburn, uh, I mean, it, Auburn should have won in 2016. Obviously, they were they had the better team. 2015 played at home. I thought they should have won. Uh, and then some really strange games like the 2014 game when Georgia won 34 to seven. The week after Auburn lost their for the first time to Texas A&M. So I don't know what it is. It didn't start with Kirby. It started with Mark Richt and. Uh, most of the games in Auburn have been close, uh, except for 2017 when Auburn beat up on Georgia, uh, 40 to 17. 
But some of those games in Athens, well, in 30, I should have said 2012 when George won 38 to nothing. And I've never seen a coach try harder not to score in the second half than Mark Rick did. But uh, it was 28 to nothing at the half. But, uh, uh, I mean, they got they got a 45 to, to 42 to 7 loss, or 45 to 7 loss at Georgia, or maybe it was 42, whatever it was in 2011. Uh, they haven't, except for 2016, when they when they really, really should have won the game uh, against Kirby Smart's first team, which wasn't very good. And uh, uh, a lot of those games, none of those games in Athens have been all that competitive. And uh, that's, that's a real change in the way the series has gone over the years. And I wish I could, I, you know, in that same period of time, Auburn's been much, much more competitive against Alabama than they have against Georgia. Uh, so I, I can't put my, my finger on why that is. and uh, uh, But it certainly has been that way. And, you know, it would take something unusual for it not to be that way again Saturday. Yeah, and it starts, I mean, I, I think back to that 2016 game. Auburn didn't have a first down in the second half. Is that correct? Something. Yeah, it was, but it effect. shouldn't have even mattered. Georgia couldn't move the ball. And Auburn scored on their first possession, and it was uh, – They had a pick six to open the second half, I believe. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it was seven to nothing. I think it was. It may have been seven to three at that point. But uh, – uh, and uh, Sean White shouldn't have been playing. His arm was uh, – ran the ball well. They just didn't run it very much. And then they come out in the second half and throw the pick six. And the only way Georgia was going to score a touchdown was something like that. They were not going to get the ball and just go score a touchdown. And then that's the way it ended. They kept trying to throw, and uh, Auburn did, and it kept not working. And uh, and I believe you're right that Auburn didn't have a first down in the second half. Yeah, I thought I, I, thought I remembered that. I know, that, that was an Auburn team that, to be fair, White was hurt. Just about all their running backs were hurt. That team was, yeah, they were in shambles. They were down to play. Who was the wide receiver they played at running back, Jason? Oh, is it, was it Truitt? Stan, no. Yeah, Stan Truitt was there. I can't remember, but he was a wide receiver. He wasn't a running back. And yeah. uh, so there were some reasons for it, but but the last thing they should have done in a game like that is put the ball in harm's way because, like I said, Georgia was not doing anything against their defense. Yeah, Sean White had, had I think, like 20-something yards passing. Georgia had lost to Vanderbilt and had, all, had beaten Nickel State by two points. Uh, so, like I said, Georgia wasn't very good. Yeah, I, I say all of that to say that um, it, defensively, they've been they've been okay in Athens um, the past few years. I remember a couple of years ago in 2020, yeah. I think it was like 24 to 3 in the second quarter, and I thought this thing was going to go way off the rails. Auburn actually settled in on defense, but – um, on, on offense, you look at their last three trips to Athens, Mark, um, they're averaging 218 yards of offense in those three games and 7.7 points per game. So really, I mean, it, I, I don't think it would be a massive shocker to any of us if if Auburn goes in there and, and plays pretty well defensively relative to what Georgia is. Georgia is a very, very good offense, but they have to find a way to harness some of that improvement we saw against LSU and make it translate against a top five defense in the country because 
there's really no denying that there was tangible improvement on the offensive side of the ball against LSU. It was just all kind of squandered by the the turnovers. They have to find a way to get some of those those explosive plays running um, like they did with Robbie Ashford. Somehow find a way in this first road game with all these challenges that they have um, to be able to translate some of those. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how much pressure Georgia gets on Robbie Ashford. Georgia's only got four quarterback sacks this season, and that's a pretty interesting stat. But they've got a huge number of quarterback pressures. And, you know, the first couple games, Georgia's defense just played lights out. And uh, first-team defense hardly gave up any yardage, didn't give up any points uh, as far as touchdowns. And uh, last two games, Georgia just has not been as sharp on defense. Uh, Offense hasn't been quite as sharp either. And, you know, I don't know how many points Auburn would have to score pull off this upset but i don't see them being able to score enough points unless they do something like pick six block a punt score off of that or uh something really unusual um but georgia's just recruited so well they got so much talent they got some really young players that are playing well but they did lose a lot of players they lost 15 players to the nfl draft i believe there were five first round picks so um you know i was expecting georgia to have some growing pains and but they went out there and just demolished Oregon to start the, the, the uh, season. And uh, you were going like, wow, are they as good as last year? Or maybe even better. But uh, uh, to me, this and the Alabama game are the only two games that I just don't think Auburn physically matches up in any way to win this game without something really unusual happening, guys. Yeah, well, don't tell, uh, don't tell Auburn that because there is a lot of confidence today, Jason. <laughs> Particularly from uh, from from Brandon Council, and we you know we, we won't get too much into uh, you know sensationalizing that very much. But uh, I mean, it was one of the, it was one of those where I think all of us kind of I know I did have to go back and listen again and make sure I was I was hesitant to tweet it out when he said it because I was like, all right, I don't want to I don't want to have misheard him. But uh, you know, Brandon Council said you know, and and to to break it down a little more and actually kind of go into the context of what he was saying basically saying they got to avoid third and long because he said he said Georgia's third down their pass rush packages are way too are way too good um if you if you see what they do in the over the past few games but you know this is a team that is down a little bit of depth looking on both sides of the ball they they do have some injury troubles particularly Jalen Carter I think Kirby Smart went ahead and confirmed that he that he's not going to play this game the problem is though Jason those depth pieces um those second stringers were top 150 recruits that, that Georgia beat out Auburn for. This is the same. We're talking about this thing for years and years. Um, but, you know, there is some truth to that. But at the same time, I, I think it's 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 a little bit of a, a tough sell to say that Auburn is going to go in there and and dominate Georgia along the deep, particularly there, particularly along the defensive front where obviously Georgia's been so good for so long. Yeah. You know, you look at it and, and yeah, obviously, um, you know, there's one thing, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm all for being confident. Um, might have chosen my words a little bit differently had it been me, but I, I you know, you know, and I, and I think Auburn can can run the football some on this Georgia defense. This is not a defense that we saw last year that was given up 10, 15 yard rushing games. I mean, they've given up around a hundred yards in most of the games, except for Sanford, and gave up more than a hundred uh, to Oregon and in, in, in Missouri. So uh, I think there's going to be some room there, but but this is still a Georgia defensive front that has a lot of talent. You look at like. You know, you know, Warren Brentson is a guy that'll play some, but Nazir Zach, Nazir Stackhouse, 
is, is a really good player. Zion Logue is a former four-star. Bill Norton, uh, reserve guy, is a former four-star. Barry Alexander, a kid that played it, you know, last year <clears throat> at IMG Academy, is another four-star guy. They, that's just in the middle. And this 6'4", 305, 6'3", 320, 6'3", 295, 6'6", 300, 6'3", 305. You look outside and, and Tremel Walthour is 6'3", 280. Uh, Mikhail Williams from Raider Columbus, 6'5", 265, was a five-star, one of the top defensive linemen in the country. I mean, this is still a, a defensive front that has a bunch of players. And not to mention the edge and linebacker group, which is fantastic. I mean, this Georgia linebacking group, from sideline to sideline, I mean, they can just – I mean, they can really go when you look at, at, you know, Dumas Johnson back there. But Nolan Smith is, you know, a five-star, was a big-time player. Robert Beal has played a bunch of football. Smile Munden, a guy that Auburn recruited. Um, Xavier Sori, another guy that Auburn recruited. They have a load of athletic 6'4", 250-pound guys that they're going to bring all over the place. And, and Brandon Council's right. Um, you absolutely have to avoid third and long because uh, – you look at it, not only is it about sacking the quarterback, but it's, it's getting pressure, creating pressure, and creating turnovers. And, you know, this Georgia defense in the past has been much like Alabama, very opportunistic, scoring points, doing those things. And, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, a lot of that happens at home. And they've played some home games, but they haven't played an SEC game at home. They've been, you know, a couple of those have been on the road. Um it's going to be a hostile environment. Yes, sir. A big time challenge, you know, for Robbie Ashford, who's never started a game on the road. His last start was against Thompson, um, you know, in a playoff game, you know, when he was at Hoover in 2019. That was a long time ago. Um, Brandon Council has, has now played a game at center at Auburn. One, he's played center before, but not like this. This is going to be a completely different challenge. Uh, so, you know, for an Auburn team, that has not been on the road in eight games. Um, you're talking about a different world. We'll see if they're prepared to handle it. Um, you know, come Saturday. Yeah, like like Mark mentioned, this is a Georgia team that has come down to earth a little bit. Um, you know, we we all run away with the, the maybe maybe we don't, but you know, running away with the week one. Uh, you know, takeaways. Of course, uh, you know Anthony Richardson was the next Cam Newton. And uh, you know Georgia was Georgia was better than they they were last year. Yeah, um, you know, not denying they they were absolutely impressive against Oregon. I mean, they were they were incredible um, in that game. But uh, you know, Philip, this this is not an immortal Georgia team in the, in the slightest. At the same time, though, as Jason sort of mentioned, you have to get the feeling that after they, they struggle with Kent State for a few quarters, and then they went on the road. Um, of course, Missouri led them for almost that entire game but you have to think now like jason mentioned they're coming home their first sec game at home they might be a little antsy to to work off some of those struggles not only coming home in their sec home opener but also coming home against one of their top rivals yeah uh you, you know it's been uh the last time auburn scored more than one touchdown in a game on offense in athens was 2007 and they lost that game 45 to 20 uh, they just haven't been able to score there. I will disagree with you slightly. Uh, I saw significant improvement in Auburn's offense until the nine twenty three mark of the second quarter. And then I thought it was pretty bad again after that. And you got five possessions in the second half and you turn it over three times. Uh, that's not good offense, <laughs> but, uh, uh, 
you know, yeah, I think that uh, something a lot of people may overlook is the fact that how big this game is to George Kirby Smart played against Auburn, coached against Auburn at Alabama and here uh, or Georgia. And uh, this is an important game to him. It's important to Dale McGee. It's important to uh, to uh, Mike Bobo, who I don't think would would uh, make the statement that uh, Brian Harson made about mutual respect. Don't believe Mike Bobo would 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 be up for that. And uh, uh, and Will Muschamp been at Auburn three times, played against Auburn. Uh, this is a, this this is. You know, in a way, you know, I've heard some people say, well, it's not really a rivalry anymore. And certainly Georgia has dominated it. But, I mean, is Ohio State-Michigan still a rivalry? I think most people would say it is. And I think this is, too. And uh, that's just been a nightmare place for Auburn to play in the last 17 years. And it's, as Jason said, it's going to be a heck of a challenge for Robbie Ashford. And, uh, and. I just, it would take, to me, of course, who knows, but I I just don't see how Auburn can score enough. I don't think one defensive touchdown or one, one blocked field goal or one fumble recovery in the end zone or whatever, I don't think that would be enough to make much difference. Uh, and and you got to, you got to uh, think that their defense is likely as thin as it is, especially up front. Is going to get worn down, and uh, I just—it's just hard for me to find a, a. Yeah, Georgia has struggled the last two weeks, and that's for sure. And I was, I, I, I did. I thought twenty-nine points line was probably too much for them playing on the road last week, but I certainly did not expect uh, Missouri to be leading by ten points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I, I didn't see any of the, of the Kent State game at the time. I just wrote that off as one of those games to play in a lower-level team and not really excited about it. But uh, – uh, and they were never – to be fair, they were never in danger of losing that game either. So – but I just think the matchup for Auburn on the line of scrimmage is just going to be too much. I just, I just don't see how for the course of an entire game they can stand up to it. Yeah, the biggest thing for me with Robbie Ashford is you could tell LSU was not very scared of him pushing the ball down the field when he right. left the pocket, and they so everything kind of sucked in. Now Georgia has seen that that it, it's been very well highlighted that that was obviously what left Auburn's receivers and you know Jarquez Hunter left those guys open down the field. So now what does that passing game look like? And certainly it has to have good pass protection up front with Brandon council and those other guys um, talking about all these factors, Mark. I mean, it seems like it's, it seems like it's almost an impossibility for Auburn if they don't win the turnover battle in this game, just because yet another week where we're talking about just an absurd turnover margin for them right now, minus nine on the season, of course, four in both of their losses, four against Penn state, um, four against LSU three in the, in the fourth quarter that just kind of sealed that, that 17 point meltdown. Um, Almost feels like that's you have to do that. Almost feels like you have to go in there and win the turnover battle if you're going to win this game. And and you know for a strip sack or an interception or just creating pass rush, all that kind of stuff. Of course, they're going to have to do it without Ekuliota. You wrote today about Colby Wooden might see some more time playing on the edge. Of course, going back to his roots as a 
as a pass rusher. He's bulked up a little bit since he uh, since he used to be a, a you know a dedicated pass rusher. But um, it really seems like on the opposite side, Auburn's defensive front, they're going to have to create a couple you know chaos plays and 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 give Auburn Auburn's offense a short field if Auburn's going to have a chance. You know, one of the things I wrote in preseason, the two guys on defense they could least afford to lose are Derek Hall and Iku Leota because there's no replacements for them. And, yeah, I think Kobe wouldn't would do a solid job out at uh, defensive end when they play him out there some, but they really need him inside at tackle where he's been so solid this year. And, you know, you mentioned the turnover margin. Auburn is a stunning 129th of 131 teams in the country at the FBS level in turnover margin. It could be worse. Yep. Uh, Auburn's got on a bunch of fumbles that that uh, they could have lost. So uh, um, so they've got to get that turned around right away. And uh, I don't know if, if they're going to be good enough to do that. But, uh, I mean, that's that's got to be um, job one this week. But, two, you can't. You can't go out there and play not not to be aggressive. You just got to attack Georgia. They're so good on on defense. You're going to have to really go for it. And uh, you know if Georgia brings those safeties up, um, uh, try to stop Robbie Ashford from running the ball. Uh, I mean he's got to find some receivers and make plays. He missed a. He played well last week in certain areas, but he missed a bunch of wide open guys also like he was doing in the first couple of games. In the first couple of games, he was doing it because he wasn't keeping his eyes downfield. He was bailing out of the pocket too soon. Uh, he did a much better job in that uh, of that against LSU, and that's why they had so much more passing yards than they had, I think, 337 last week, which if you told me before the game they were going to have 337 passing yards, I was going to say, I'm going to say, I, I what team you talk about, Auburn? But uh, they certainly did. And I'm going to say it again. I've said the receivers are playing better this year. Um, once again, they showed it against LSU. You remember last year, Bo Nix was having pass after pass right on target dropped. And uh, it's just not happening very often right now. But, you know, they don't have a, a quarterback at Bo Nix's level to throw it right now. But Robbie Ashford's an interesting guy because he can keep plays alive and attack uh, the other team on defense. And so I think Georgia's going to, um, you know, probably mix it up a little bit. Sometimes uh, they'll try to get after him with some blitz packages. And I think other times they'll just play back and be conservative guys. Yeah. You look at Georgia on their offense and Jason, it's been, Stetson Bennett's grown up a lot since there's actually his first college start was against Auburn back in the uh, back in 2020 when they won that game in Athens. But, uh, you know, obviously he's got the got the national title under his belt um, from last season. And uh, I think he's you know he's garnered a little bit more um, respect coming as, you know, the former the former walk on guy. He's got a different looking passing game, though. Um this season, it's it's still one though that they obviously are going to lean on the ground game um, first and foremost. And if you go back to the last time that Auburn played a, I just I wouldn't call LSU's or Missouri's offenses very spectacular. Um, the last time they played a you know good solid offense with a good offensive line, good running backs against Penn State, they were absolutely you know gashed apart in the second half. So they the the run fit issues they had in the second half against Penn State. Um, 
probably can't be having those because we saw last year against Stetson Bennett what that did. It created just way too many easy play action looks um, to the point where I think he was averaging like 30 yards of completion in this game last year. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting um, that if you told me that um, that actual passing numbers that Georgia would have thrown the ball more than they ran it this year, if you'd have told me that after five games, if you'd have told me that in August, I'd have said there's no way that happened. And that's the thing. It, it seems like they tried to turn Stetson Bennett into Bryce Young, and, and that's not who he is. Um, he's been solid, completing 69% of his passes. He's averaging over 300 yards a game, but he's got five touchdowns, one interception. Um, and so he hasn't done a ton of that. You look at this team, and, and what's crazy to me is it's, you know, they got three different running backs that, that all run it some, but they don't have a single running back that's averaging double digit, double figures carries in a game. Now, Kendall Milton's averaging about nine. Dejon Edwards about eight. Kenny McIntosh about seven or eight. Um, but that's that's the extent. They they have not they have not given the ball to their running backs and said, go get it. Um, and you look at them and, you know, They've been better running the ball, but this hasn't been a Georgia team that's going out there and running for 300 yards and just just imposing its will on people. They haven't done that to this point, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back to that Saturday. That's what, what I was going to say. I bet what, we see it Saturday. What they've done the last two weeks has not been, I don't think, what the essence of this Georgia football team is. They did a little bit in the second half against Missouri. I'll be very surprised if we don't come out if we don't see them come out Saturday and 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 actually run the football and try to establish a run a little bit more to then get Brock Bowers and, and Darnell Washington and those tight ends involved instead of putting Stetson in the shotgun and slinging it around the field. That's just not who he is. He he's a good quarterback. He's not that kind of quarterback though, and and I don't think it's working for them. Um, and you know, Mark mentioned earlier Auburn's defensive front. When you move Colby Wooden outside, it means even less depth on the interior than you already have. And you haven't been playing many of those guys. And so, you, you know, Jason Jones is going to have to play more plays than more snaps than he's played. Marquise Burks, you're going to have to get some him. Jeffrey Emba, um, you know, Morris Joseph, those guys are going to have to play reps. And, you know, the question is, if for Auburn, can, even if you get Georgia in third down, how, how many times can you put, you know, both – Derek Hall and, and Marcus Bragg on the field at the same time when you only have one backup who's played less than 20 snaps all season long. Um, it, it it really hampers, you know, what you can do defensively, I think. So, um, yeah, this, this Georgia offense, big physical offensive line that hasn't really had the chance, I don't believe, to be that line so far this year. I won't be surprised if they go back to that a little bit more on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, we've seen them do it the past few years. Again, talking about that 2020 game, they kind of just built a nice lead for themselves, had that touchdown to to Pickens that I think made it 24 to three. And then we're just obviously able to salt the salt the game away um, on the ground, which, again, last time Auburn went up against um, a team with some pretty good running backs against Penn State. They they ran all over them in the second half. So um, they, Phillip, they, Missouri had a hundred yeah. one to fumbled the game away had 120 something yards didn't he yeah yeah that was that they weren't able to they weren't able to polish off drives after the first half but he, he was still he was still effective for them philip i know you um 
have had a lot of good thoughts on this game so far. I, I, I don't think many of us are – I don't think any of us, I don't think many people, I should say, are, are obviously going to project um, an Auburn win. But just what are a couple factors for Auburn, in your opinion, to keep this one close? And well, the, the, very first one, the very first one is don't turn the ball over. Uh, that is absolutely crucial. I mean – I'm thinking about their turnover margin. That includes one game where they didn't turn it over at all against right. Missouri. Uh, uh, they got to run. They got to. They've got to be able to. Uh, they got to, to to not have turnovers, and they need to force a couple of turnovers, and they need to uh, uh, run the ball well enough so they can be balanced. Uh, I know this is a huge game for Tank Bigsby personally, and uh, he he really hasn't had an opportunity to kind of do his thing so far this season. I mean, most great running backs get better as they go, and he's really never had any any opportunity to get in the rhythm, uh, or at least not many. And uh, but they have to be able to run the ball enough and not turn it over, and uh, and then maybe hit a couple of big plays. And somehow don't get worn down on defense uh, in the second half. And obviously they got to they got to 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 find some way to score points in the second half because that's one of the most remarkable things going. I mean, going all the way back to to the to the second half against Ole Miss last year. They just can't score in the second half, and I've, I've truly never seen anything like it. I tell you what's also odd is Auburn's given up a touchdown right before halftime, yeah. uh, four in the last minute, and then gets Penn State just outside the last minute. And I don't think the head coach strategy has helped the defense one little bit in that situation. We'll call it all those timeouts. So, uh, uh, last week was a very poor strategy in that regard. And uh, sometimes, too, you just need to go ahead – on offense in the third quarter and punt the ball and uh, play percentage football instead of going for fourth and 10 and fourth and 11. <laughs> so you got to give if your team's out there playing their heart out, you know, you need, you, you need to make the right decisions as a head coach out there to give them a chance. You know, they have played hard. Auburn has played hard. Yes, they and, have. Uh, they played hard last Saturday and they, and they, and they will play hard this Saturday. Uh, but it's just crazy things happen that you talk about the two fourth and fourth and longs and, and then you, uh, you, you call a, a wide receiver pass at the 10 yard line. Uh, I mean, it just, I mean, and I know if you change anything, you change, uh, gave it, I mean, on that fourth and 10, uh, I, I know he had missed one, but Andrews Carlson can kick it all that far. Yep. Uh, if you get two field goals, you win. And uh, it's uh, – I thought last week was really a – I thought it was a bad loss because that's that's the least talented LSU team I've seen in a long time. And that includes the last two, two that had didn't have winning records. Uh, and it's, and it got a 17 to nothing lead. It's just a game you have to win. And their quarterback was having an off night too. I don't think he was totally healthy to start the game and I think he got banged up during the game too and there was a golden opportunity to win that game for Auburn 
Well, yeah. What, what are the others you have? Like 80-something yards passing? 86. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. Unless you're a unless you're a monstrous running team, you're not going to win many games having 86 yards passing. I didn't see Cecil the Diesel out there churning through the <laughs> Auburn defense. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, worst uh, worst completion percentage for an opposing SEC team in a win over Auburn since 2007. Uh, Mississippi right. State that year is like completed like 28 percent of their passes and still beat Auburn. I think like 17 14 um, in that game. This was the fewest yards, by the way, against LSU that Auburn has held them to in this series um, since since 2010, since the 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 game they won over them during that national championship season. Um, so. Yeah, good, good defensive performance certainly against the quarterbacks. Um, but like they mentioned, you got it. You got to have some of those. That, you know, somebody asked me this week the players to watch in this game, and I, I mean, I threw in Brian Harson too. I was like, you, that's because they played pretty well in a lot of different spots. But you know, you got to make the right decisions and insert like like Mark said in certain aspects of the game in order to give yourself a chance to not only a chance to win but a chance to keep things going. Um, Philip and Philip, what was your? Did you have a score prediction for the game? Yes, I picked thirty-one to ten Georgia uh, two weeks ago. I might have picked forty-five to ten Georgia, but but uh, they have uh, obviously they are not the the unstoppable, unbeatable monster that they were labeled after the Oregon game. But at the same time, they're. They're five and zero, and they got a whole bunch of really, really good players. They got a lot more of those than Auburn does. And uh, but you know, I could see it getting getting really getting away and being a totally lopsided game. But I could also see it being 20, 24 to ten or something. It's uh, because like you were talking about that previous game in Athens, Nathan, Georgia. Once they, it's not been Kirby's way to uh, to see how many points he can score. Uh, now this game could be different. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of a lot of people on that sideline with skin in the game, and uh, uh, it's been. And the other question is how Auburn's going to respond to not just being on the road, but an extremely hostile, hostile environment on the road. So, I, thirty-one to ten is what I picked. I, I stick with it. <laughs> I imagine we'll all be in the. We'll all be in the same uh, in the same ballpark, Mark. What did what did you have? Thirty one fourteen is the go. score, and I think that's probably being generous to the visitors. Um, we're gonna have to play pretty well for for it to be that close. But uh, I've seen a lot of Auburn Georgia games, and uh, you know Auburn tends to play really hard against Georgia, um, and you know like Philip talked about, they've had some. They just haven't had much success, you know, offensively over in Athens at Sanford Stadium. And that used to be a place they loved to go in there and play yep. football and used to drive the Georgia people crazy because Auburn would go over there and win. And a lot of times they do it with loads of 
good high school players. They recruited out of the state of Georgia. And Auburn hasn't recruited nearly as well out, out of Georgia in the last decade or so. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they don't have as much success against the Bulldogs as they used to. Yeah, and that includes really a lot of players that Georgia didn't necessarily want. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of players in Georgia. Right. And, uh, I mean, one perfect, a good example of that is Ronnie Brown. Georgia didn't offer Ronnie Brown. Lots of other people did, but Georgia didn't. And uh, uh, and he was the number two pick in the NFL draft. And, of course, Georgia also had some coaching staffs that didn't do a wonderful job of evaluating talent. Um, and this current staff is really good at it. So uh, if there's a good player in the state of Georgia, they probably have a good handle on, you know, whether or not they need to sign him. You know, I, I looked at the day. Auburn, Auburn has had nine national award winners. You know, like I'm talking about the Heisman Trophy, obviously, Thorpe Award, Remington Award, all that. Five, five are from Alabama and four are from Georgia. Wow. And that's two places, including the state, its own state, that Auburn's not recruiting very well right now. And history says that is definitely not a prescription for success for Auburn. Yep. Uh- Competing in this game would be would be helpful on that front. Of course, winning it would be even better. Um, but Jason, I get a feeling you're, you're going to be hovered around this. Uh, you've been you've been on the bench here for about ten minutes. We'll let you. We'll let I'm, you chime I'm in. Say one thing I can guarantee right now is that Georgia won't score thirty one points because my pick was thirty one thirteen. So all three of us have picked Georgia to score thirty one, which we now know will not happen. So it, it'll be, it's going to have to be some other number because that's not happening now. So. Mine was thirty-one, thirteen, because we're we're all in the same boat. So, um, I, you know, I, it's just hard. And and, and I, I did that because I, after watching Georgia, Missouri, um, and and one game doesn't tell the story. But you know, there was things I, I thought Missouri was able to run the football and do some things. I think Auburn can can do some things against this Georgia defense. And I kind of agree with Brandon Council a little bit in that I think Auburn can run the ball against Georgia better than they have in quite a while. Um, but you, but you have to get that thing started early, and and they're gonna have to do some different things offensively to get it done. You're gonna have to spread the field some. Uh, I don't think you're gonna go toe to toe with a bunch of tight ends on the field and, and and do it against this Georgia team. And so, um, I agree, you can't turn it over. I mean, that's that is job number one. And um, you know, can you can you avoid those mistakes against Georgia? Auburn has not done that in the past in Athens, and that's been one of the kill, the killers for them. And so I. I you know, I think Auburn can 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 play with them and, and hang around for a little while. I just it's hard for me. Like it, it comes back to the same thing: can you score enough points? And I just can't see enough points for Auburn to win this game. Yeah, I'm actually so I'll, I'll go a little different. I'll go 38 to 10 as was mine. So we at least get one one deviation there um, <laughs> from the from the 31 points. I don't I don't see Auburn getting more than one offensive touchdown. Um, in this That's game, a pretty safe bet based on recent history. Yeah, so you know, it's interesting. I think in 2014, uh, I know 2016, and at least one other game they scored on their first 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 uh, yeah. possession, and then they scored even more. Yep, uh, the gust thing. I feel like. Well, and, and, and this 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 they've done that quite a bit in the last couple of years too. 
you know, they not necessarily being their only score. But, you know, even last week, they come out on fire yep. and play really good early. And then it just kind of went straight downhill. And, you know, they moved the ball some still. But it was a couple, couple of plays and, and, you know, mentioned explosive plays. That's how you that's how you have to score against Georgia because you're not going to drive the ball 16 plays against no. Georgia's defense. They got to have some of those plays over the top of the defense. And whether it's Javarius Johnson, whether it's you know Tank Bigsby, hey, right now Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter are two guys you got to get the ball to in the passing game more because they have made plays in out on the perimeter, out in space. They got to get those guys involved in the passing game and more. Javarius Johnson, some of those guys, and um, you're, you're just going to have to take some you know, bad with the good with Robbie Ashford, but you can't play close to the vest against Georgia and expect to win. No, you absolutely. I mean, you got to go out there and just tell him. And I, I thought Brian Harson talked about it today on the teleconference. He was asking, you know, how do you keep him from, you know, he's, he's getting out there, he's playing physical, he's low, you know, he's you know fighting for extra yardage, he's tackling that guy really hard after the interception. How do you how do you kind of limit that? And Harson was like, uh, you don't, uh, you you can't you can't restrict away you know, at this point in, in a guy's career. You can't try to you know curtail the way that he plays out there. And yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, if you're going to win this game, if you're going to have an upset, it's going to be with Robbie Ashford being the guy. Robbie Ashford is. Yeah, and the only thing that you can curtail is is get out of bounds. He's a former baseball player, sliding, avoiding some of that contact because I mean, he already has 50 carries in five games, and that's a couple of games where he didn't play a ton. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of activity for a quarterback who's not Cam Newton. Um, that's a lot of carries, and and you're just now getting into the meat of the schedule where he he probably gonna have to carry it even more. You got to eliminate in, in some of the some of those contact plays if you're Robbie Ashford moving forward. Yeah, I mean, if something happens to him, then you're left with a true freshman in Athens. Yeah, and well, and, you know, yeah. No matter what, right now, I mean, you know, to Robbie Ashford is is the best chance for this team to move the football and to 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 have that kind of offense. Uh, even if TJ Finley returns, it gives you yeah. a, a little different thing in a passing game. But Robbie Ashford gives you some things because of his mobility, and um, it's a positive. But you gotta you gotta eliminate some of those hits. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm not sure if 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 TJ were to travel in this game and be like an emergency option, I and against the, with Auburn's pass protection and against against Georgia's defensive line, um, like that just be a that just be a nightmare situation. Probably we'll, if you blitz, probably if you blitz is if that if that happens, we might guess. Yeah, you know, having seen Will Muschamp coach a bunch of games, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of. Uh, We'll just stay there in the pocket and sling it, big boy, because we're gonna we're gonna make sure you don't run. And uh, that, that could be a that could be a problem. Yeah, he had a couple he had a couple nice throws standing in the pocket, but de- definitely, um, you know, he has the propensity to move outside. It seems like that's a little bit more his tendency. I also, feel like if you're Auburn in this game, talking about early, how, how many times they've scored early. Um, you got to have a couple, you know, not not trick plays, but uh, you know, motion side to side, that sort of thing. I loved the Omari Kelly play that they ran, so you know, something in that vein, um, just to because you're not going to win a lot of one on ones, whether it's down the field, whether you're asking one of your receivers to get separation from maybe an NFL defensive back, like it's just you're not going to win consistently one on ones against this team, and so 
you know, if, if a couple, you know, if you have five or six explosive plays in the game and a couple of them come from that kind of trickeration, I think maybe that'd be a, that'd be a good thing for Auburn. So, um, you know, unsurprisingly, we are unanimous in, of course, picking Georgia. And I think I'm the only one who picked them to cover in this game. I think it's 29 and a half um, right now, which is has gone up just ever so slightly from what it opened at exactly four touchdowns at 28 points. So um, 2.30 Central Time, CBS. Um, excited to go to Athens. I've never been to a I've never been to a game in Sanford Stadium, which is kind of weird. Um, I've been to Athens before, so super excited for. I've, of course, I've been to this game in Jordan Harib several times, but. Um, excited to see a game there for the first time. Had um, 60 consecutive sellouts. So it'll be another one there Saturday. Yeah. And uh, it's a great atmosphere for college football. Yeah, I'm glad it's afternoon. I'm glad it's a it's a quintessential fall SEC game. I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, let's look here, though, at the rest of the schedule and kind of touch on it quickly as we try to do every week. Um, in the SEC, Tennessee has to go on the road and now play what is a ranked – LSU team. Uh, not for long. There will be ranked <laughs> LSU did not give me much confidence at all after how they looked last weekend. Uh, I just I, you told me not scoring. They may score twenty, but Tennessee's going to score thirty-eight. So I just don't think they can score enough points to beat that team. Yeah, I don't see it either. Yeah, I, I see that easy win for Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be a little bit of a contrarian here. They're playing at Tiger Stadium. Uh, I don't think Tennessee's very good on defense. I've I, 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 I picked Tennessee to win, but I would I think it, it may be a close game. Yeah, 11 a.m. at Tiger Stadium, so everybody gets to get in there nice and early. Uh, the game of the week is is a top 20 matchup between <laughs> between TCU and uh, and Kansas. Obviously, Kansas is. The story of the Kansas' story of the season here, well, maybe not the story of the season, but the, the fun story here of the early season. I say 5-0. and oh, Not many people expect them to win five games at all this season. But as we were talking about before the show, um, boy, TCU looked great last week. I mean, I was I was glancing up in the second quarter. Didn't realize the second quarter. I was like, wow, TCU's ahead 34-17, to 17, and they had only – it was only the second quarter. Um, so that, that moved them all the way up to 17 in the polls. Um, I found myself picking TCU there. Just because I think, just based on who they've played, I've been a little bit more impressed with them the past couple of weeks. But I, you know, I gotta be real. I'm rooting for Kansas in, in this game because game day and everything. Um, and to see them get to see them get to bowl eligibility this early in the season, it'd just be it'd just be crazy. I've never in my football watching lifetime, like since I have been aware of college football and really watching it, have never seen a good Kansas team. So it, it would be a it would be a it would be a first for me. That's for you sure. have to go back to Gail Sayers and Nolan Cromwell several generations ago to find a pretty good Kansas football. I don't know. They went to the Orange Bowl one time with what's his name? Yeah. Mangino. Yeah, you yeah. oh, yeah. had two thousand eight. They made the Orange Bowl with Mark Mangino, and that, that's that right. was that one uh, team they had with, that the, with the uh, with the with the little quarterback who was a really good player. And so they had had a few good players. They had a keep to leave on that team, and. Um, yeah, no, they were. Uh, I think they were went eleven and one, something like that. But there's, yeah, that, other than that, it's been few and far between. And an interesting nugget about Kansas is um, one of their best players um, is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, when you, you start talking about um, Kobe, Kobe Bryant is uh, was a teammate of um, 
Cam Riley at Hillcrest Evergreen. He is a he's a corner that I watched play a bunch of times, and he's got a couple of interceptions already, a block kick. Uh, he's been really good for Kansas and a guy that um, will be in the mix for all conference, maybe all American honors if, if they keep playing the way they are. Yeah, this is I had the- to pick Kansas. I'm not going to pick against Kansas so they lose. Uh, it's just too cool of a story. It's uh, and hey, TCU looked looked great against Oklahoma, but they dang near lost that the same uh, SMU team that got their doors blown off in the second half against Central yes. Florida. So played at home. Now that's going to be the interesting thing about that game is playing at home and uh, game that all those things that don't happen at Kansas. Uh, if, if, if what how that team's going to react to that? Will they get caught up in the hoopla. Well, they they are used to game day. They're just used to Jay Billis basketball. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I think the Horn Frogs are going to win this game, but uh, I do like the Kansas story a lot. And uh, they they're living on some borrowed time. It's like uh, uh, Iowa State missed a chip shot field goal at the end of that game last week to. Uh, save it 14 to 11 that game would have gone into overtime so uh but uh yeah both teams had good wins last week that tells me that kansas is a team of destiny (laughs) well auburn had a chip shot field goal missed and they are not a team of destiny kansas against against alabama in the national championship game yeah the the largest (laughs) line in the history of football Oh man! Um, Speaking of Alabama, we we had this weekend circled in the off season, but between Saban and Jimbo, and now, I mean, it would get pretty ugly. It would get even uglier if they had Bryce Young. I don't I don't think Bryce Young going to play, but it would probably still get pretty ugly. Yeah, I, you know, I, well, it, again, it comes down to can Texas A and M score? I won't say enough. Can they score any? And I don't know that they can score any. Yeah, um, I Alabama. Even if Jalen Milrow plays and Alabama hands it off every play. They're going to score 24, 27 at some point. I, yeah, I just I just don't see that. You know, this A&M team, this, when you take a nice Smith out of that lineup, they just don't have enough firepower at wide receiver. And um, the, the interesting one for me is Arkansas and Mississippi State. Yeah, that's about to say. Yep. That's a really interesting football game, especially if K.J. Jefferson doesn't play. Um, I already like Mississippi State a lot because of their defense. And, and if K.J. Jefferson doesn't play – all of a sudden, you look up at Arkansas and you go, "Hey, the the losses start to pile up a little bit. They still got a lot of football left to play this year." I don't. If if, Kate, if Jefferson doesn't play, I can't see Arkansas winning that game, just based on what I've seen. Uh, uh, that's another another of those early season uh, overreactions. Arkansas top top ten. I don't guess they, they haven't won since they got in the top ten, have they? They lost A&M, Alabama, and now you got Mississippi State. Then they got to go to BYU yep. the next week. Then they're at Auburn after a bye week. Liberty's a non-conference game. LSU, Ole Miss, and at Missouri. I mean, at, at, the, the challenge, that's, that's not a bunch of shoe wins right there for a team. Yeah. Um, they could be three and three. And, and, and hey, South Carolina, I mean, they gave up 30 to South Carolina. I mean, so that defense has got some issues. Yeah, I remember doing the the Arkansas preview show with Trey Biddy over the summer, and and he was sort of saying that if things get dicey for some reason, I think he even mentioned an injury to somebody like KJ Jefferson because of how much he does. He was like, 
then you look at the schedule and you're like, ah, there's because of Liberty out of the conference because you got to go at uh, at BYU. There's at BYU. there's a bunch of pitfall opportunities for. Hey, Liberty's not bad either. You you better play. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. I mean, it, you, man, you, yeah. then all of a sudden you you start to lose a few, and it, it it's it becomes a schedule like Auburn's where you look at it and go. Man, there's. I, I mean, you can win some of those games, but you can lose every one of them too. Yep. Uh, it doesn't take long to flip that switch, and um, and things can turn around in a hurry. Is there, is there any bigger cultural, whatever you want to call it, difference in where the two locations where Arkansas has to play its next two games? Of no, start <laughs> Starkville and and, and <laughs> Provo. No, that's yeah. about as different as you can get right there. Yes. <laughs> my question, my idea would be if I was the football coaches, what in the name of are we the goodness are we doing go into Provo, Utah? <laughs> Especially playing at altitude. Yeah. Near Mississippi State, where you're yeah. close to sea level. Yeah. That's going to be, it could, hey, it could be snowing up there. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that works would be playing North Dakota State. Uh, you know, or or Montana State, our own Christians, Montana State Bobcats, one of those teams that's a one, an FCS team where you don't get credit if you beat the best FCS team in the history of the world. There's no reason to play, reason to play one that could even play close to you. No, it's not. I agree 100%. I've always said that. If I'm going to play an FCS team, I'm going to play the absolute worst one. I They're going to be awful. <laughs> the Kansas State found out the hard way about scheduling teams like that. Yeah, I was looking. We were we were talking about the uh, the Colorados today. I just didn't realize how bad it was, even for Colorado State. And they lost by what? They lost by forty one at home to Sacramento State. Yeah. Those, those two teams, you could combine them, and they might not win the state championship in Georgia. <laughs> and the, those two rosters are terrible right now. Those two teams would not be able to go on the road like Robbie Ashford in, against Thompson in two thousand nineteen. No, it'd be tough. And, didn't get and a win. Colorado. It's got a good history in football. Yeah. And it's just gotten away from them out there. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. I, yeah, they were very good for many years in the old Big Eight Conference. Yeah. And had national championship. Well, that's crazy. They shared a national championship with Georgia Tech in 1990, and now look where those programs are. They both find their coaches four games in the season. Yeah. And one of them is going to hire Deion Sanders. You guess which one it is. I wish one of them would. <laughs> All right, well, we're we're going up here fifty four minutes. This has been one of our. It even it doesn't even feel like we've been going that long. But uh, appreciate everybody if you if you've been listening for this long, you are uh, very well, loyal thank to you. the Auburn Undercover Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we thank um, you. So, All right, yeah, appreciate everybody. Um, Bye, guys. Please, uh, please go and leave us a five star review if you guys if you guys enjoyed the show. Um, that's the number one thing that helps us out. The uh, the bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on the <laughs> on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. We gotta we gotta get out here. I appreciate you guys. We will uh, we'll catch up with y'all the pregame pod before uh, before kickoff Saturday. Everybody have a good start to the weekend.